Good evening, everyone, and welcome to episode number 120 of the TXR podcast, your favorite place for gaming and news discussion on another Saturday night. I'm your host, Invader, and we've got another outstanding show on the docket, and I hope everybody listening in had a fantastic weekend. Obviously, Valentine's Day was leading into the weekend, and I hope all of our listeners treated their special someone to a really good time. Now, without further delay, let me introduce the panel members for tonight. Megatron. Hey, bud. How's things at your end? What's going on, everyone? Things are okay. Hanging in there. <clears throat> Ending the weekend with uh, some uh, gaming talk. That's it. <clears throat> you sound good, by the way. Very Thank good. you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thanks to your recommendations on the uh, new microphone. I think that uh, helped with out a, a lot. With a voice like that, I think I could listen to him read from the phone book. <laughs> no you, you no you do sound really good that's the uh jeremy recommended a good mic for you but that sounds really sharp uh right speaking of which jeremy hey i i know you uh really wanted to touch on our first topic this evening but first how have you been good man how is everybody doing Doing good. Good. <clears throat> That's great. <laughs> hey, happy birthday to my buddy uh, Centurion. Love and me. Centurion, I'm just kidding. I didn't forget about your birthday. I'm sending you a gift card right now for $25. Oh, and it's so in sing. your message. I was you just kidding, gotta, by the way. I was gonna say you don't gotta do that, man. Oh my god. That's too bad. I just sent you it. It's in your uh it's in your your message right now, buddy. So happy birthday. Look oh, at that. Thank you. Wow. Happy Holy birthday hell, to you. <laughs> yes. See, I'm glad you got Mike or, uh Megatron that new mic to sing happy birthday. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I got yes. a cake right now. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> Large hairy man jumping out of a cake. <laughs> oh, uh, too good and yeah uh, we have the birthday boy here centurion hey how's uh your day going on your uh, special occasion oh pretty good just hung out with the wife all day been hanging out with friends on xbox and didn't want to miss txr for the world because who doesn't want to talk about games with you guys well apparently tim southbound and shock doesn't want to so well, I still love you all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, well, you know, we'll keep an eye on them. Uh, Tim Shock and uh, Southie may not be here with us, but hey, you know, we still got a uh, good foursome going on here this evening, and we'll just uh, stick with that for now. Uh, but yeah, uh, we got some people uh, just filing in right now. Born Distracted, how are you doing, buddy? logic wins looking forward to this one yeah me too definitely we got some really good topics this evening and you know what let's dive right into this onto our first topic and you know what this weekend we had opened up to us the bleeding edge beta the upcoming multiplayer focus title from ninja theory it's definitely created a lot of discussion and a few members of the panel got a chance to play it so guys let's share our impressions on this game what do you guys think of it? Yeah, I barely got a chance to play it. Um, I, oh, I you like, just started. How many? You, did you get to play it at least for a few hours. Uh, I did the. What was it? The uh, tutorial. Tutorial. Um, yeah. for a bit, and then um, the issue the fan over the weekend, so I just really couldn't focus. And then I got a chance to also play with um Invader um right before the show about maybe 
about an hour ago. Oh, and it was good. cool. You know, yeah. the teamwork. Once you get into the you know the teamwork side of things, when we're all working together, it made it really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, outside of that, it's just still. I don't think I put enough time to really give it like my full, full like yeah, you know, thumbs up. So, but uh, I mean, I enjoy what I played with it so far. So, uh, I'm I off mean, tomorrow. I, so definitely jumping in. I had uh, very high expectations, you know, going in. Obviously, Ninja Theory was making it so. Uh, you know, I knew going in from previous entries that the combat and controls, um, you know, sound di- sound design, art direction, all that stuff, you know, was going to be top notch. Um, and they are, you know, however, you know, Bleeding Edge is missing that special IT, I think, which makes uh, Battle Royale games successful. You know, I think. If you look at Fortnite, you know, it'd be the gameplay or something like that. I don't know if you guys like Fortnite, but uh, Apex, it would probably be the speed and level design. Um, And for PUBG, it's probably like, you know, the intensity of the firefights uh, and some of the gameplay elements that revolve around those, you know, those firefights. And then, you know, you have Overwatch, um, which would be great for its level design. And it's great characters, and I think the characters kind of flesh out the world. Um, so Bleeding Edge kind of doesn't have any of that, in my opinion. You know, it doesn't have that IT. So in order, for, you know, for to be a successful battle royale game uh, in today's very saturated market, um, it needs to do one thing really well, and I think it doesn't have it. You know, and I always refer back to the, you know the old Halo multiplayer maps because Halo set the bar. If you guys don't remember, in terms of iconic multiplayer maps and gameplay, and you can see what maps do to game. You know, the gameplay element in general. The original Halo was very a very slow experience. You guys remember, but the maps made it to where it ended up being a very fast-paced experience that was exciting, uh, whether it was the power-ups and weapon placement or just, you know, it's just the simple geometry of the way the map was structured uh, made Halo a very successful franchise, you know. So, yeah, there is something left to be desired with Bleeding Edge. Um, They won't fix these issues before March 24th, uh, which is the release date. so it's going to have to be later. Um, is Bleeding Edge a bad game? It's not a bad game. Um, it is a good game. But yes, unfortunately, just a good game is going to be left behind in today's market. And I don't know what you guys think, but uh, I'd like to hear what Invader has to say and Centurion has to say about this. Mm-hmm. Well, I have to say, like, my impressions of the game, I've played about, mm, let's say, 10 or 15, maybe even 20 yeah. multiplayer matches of it. Yeah. So I have a, I, I would like to think that I have a decent understanding of it. And I've tried, I went through all the characters mm-hmm. uh, just to test them out. And there's definitely characters that I did like. I liked the, uh, uh, this. I call him the snake guy, Kulev. He's more the uh, ranged character. I find that in this game, obviously, it's very melee focused. They do have some uh, ranged characters. The issue is the ranged characters, they don't even have that much range to them. Like, yeah, 
there's not that much i would say like you do have support characters you do have these range characters but yeah. to me there's not as much diversity in the gameplay that i would like to see personally to mix it up a bit because it, it just seems like it's all focused on just getting right in there well would you agree that the range characters kind of feel like uh you know the impact of the bullets and stuff like that doesn't it doesn't feel like you're doing anything it's it's mm-hmm. strange well as far as gizmo i want to yeah. see like that's the one i'm kind of you know leaning towards for right now she's the one i got to play the most um and yeah, yeah. i think her i guess she's got like a gatling gun or something and it slowly yeah. mm-hmm. starts to pick up in speed but it doesn't feel like it's doing that much damage mm-hmm. it feels like it's limited it's more of a support type uh character so yeah i think i think they're gonna get you know they're gonna do a few things to kind of um sharpen up the game a little bit before uh before launch hits but again the speed of the game needs to change and i don't know if you guys noticed it but the, the pace of the game is very very slow especially when you're out in the open uh and you're using mm-hmm. you're not using the hoverboard i think the the speed uh, the pace is kind of, is very slow, so mm-hmm. I think uh, you know s- this combat is good. I like the pairing aspect, and the controls are amazing. You know, however, I don't think it's enough to to, to throw it over the edge where people are going to play it. So mm-hmm, absolutely, and you know it's Staggerilla in the chat. Uh, obviously, Stags from the uh, the Shop Podcast with Centurion, uh, yeah. v- very uh, very good guy here. He's in the comments, and he's just saying from the videos I've seen, it looks like the characters move slowly, and it just feels like it's an oversaturated market, anyways. The type of uh, game that it is, and I have to agree that with Jeremy and with Stag in the chat, that I do feel like even with the hoverboards, it just it feels kind of slower than what it needs to be because with yeah. with a melee focus kind of a game you want to get right in there you want to dish out as much damage you want to get to the objectives as quick as possible and i just don't feel like there's yeah enough speed to the characters in fact all of them to be honest and with you it. know what you could you can remedy that by kind of uh shortening up these mat these uh maps if you if you look at Overwatch, Overwatch is a slow game. It's a slow paced game. However, the maps, like in Halo, offer kind of this unique experience to where, um, you know, it's still kind of like claustrophobic. Not claustrophobic, but what's the word I'm looking for? Um, maybe condensed. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it's so tight. More enclosed corridors. Yeah, it's it's so tight, and and like you said, that it creates a faster experience. That's not you know, it's not as fast game. Mm-hmm. So I want to hear what Centurion has to say. But um, um yeah, I've been kind of sitting back, listening to everybody, taking yeah. it all in because uh, I like to uh, give every Xbox game a fair chance, considering yeah. what this gen has been like. Um, is it going to be a 90 Metacritic? I probably don't think so. Is it going to be a dumpster fire? Probably not as well. Um, it's a good game. Me and my friends had a good time playing it. There's high points and there's low points. Um, it's something they can obviously fix over time. Like Sea of Thieves, but, uh, (laughs) I want to definitely say that for starters 
It's a great game. I've had fun playing it. Uh, wait, wait, wait. Okay, you. What's a great game? That's. I mean, that's kind of a heavy word. Is it a good game or a great game? There's a difference between the two. Okay, it's a good game. It's not mind blowing. Okay. No, I'm not All gonna right. sit there and say it's the best thing since uh, you know sliced bread. Uh, but being an Overwatch fan, I can see similarities that I don't know. Want to? I don't want to say bothered me, but. Mm-hmm. When I first heard about this IP, Bleeding Edge, I was expecting this new glorious idea. And now it just in some ways feels like somebody played a game or two of Overwatch and they decided that they wanted to create a game on the same grounds. And for me, I just want to see like. I don't like the fact that there's only two modes. For starters, there's only two modes. Once you've played either one of the modes, eventually it gets very repetitious, especially when you play certain modes over and over again in a row. Yeah. Um, if you want to talk about <clears throat> the damage capabilities of, of characters to really know how much damage they put out, go try to get those uh, canisters for the power cells with the characters. <laughs> Some yeah. characters will tear through them. Other characters, I mean, it feels like you're you'd chopping you'd, away. Yeah, at you'd have to wait there all day for them to like. Explode. I mean, yeah. like, so um, I also see other characters that need to be buffed. I see other characters that need to be nerfed. Uh, mm-hmm. Stuff like that can definitely get fixed over time. Yeah. Uh, but one thing that can uh, definitely... It's a great concept, but the story... May, I've read the bios on all the characters. I'm yeah. really not too sure of how the story works in this game. um did they put the bios there just to say that there was a story um man like i said it's not a horrible game it's a good game um i've had fun playing it but now when you were playing centurion did you play with a group of four friends or you were playing with different uh, randoms or see i've played with three i was lucky enough to play with tim dog and downer for two or three matches last night. And then today I played a few matches by myself with random people. Uh, some person that was yelling at somebody the entire time. <laughs> it, put you, just everybody knows, it put you in like group chat automatically. So I wasn't ready for it. And you hear someone start yelling. It kind of freaks you out. Cause you're like, what the hell was that? But then I got to play with uh, my buddy and his kid for a few rounds. It does make a big difference when you play with people. When you're playing with randoms, everybody's wanting to come on. They nobody was talking to each other. Every single match that I played, come on, the guy had his microphone open. He was holding a conversation with someone else in the room with him and not even mm-hmm. the people that were playing the game. Not even blinking an eye and putting it on mute. <laughs> yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Like, there's gonna be some issues with people that want to try to play the game solo. At least with Overwatch, the teams are so big that you can actually have one person playing by themselves while the other people are picking up the slack cooperatively. But in uh, Bleeding Edge, I feel like there's a massive cooperative scale. That's why I was kind of curious on Mm -hmm. you calling it a battle royale. Is it actually declared about a battle royale? Mm, I wouldn't say battle royale. I would say to me, it's more of an arena fighter. It is. Yeah. Yeah, it I, is. I see that. Well, going to game types, and they should add in that probably a, a mode where you're just, you know, one, you know, you know, one, you know, one versus everyone, like everyone's out for themselves, you know, just I can see that happening. 
But um, oh, dude, like every time I tried to go off by myself, and literally all of a sudden, all four members of the forget other forget about it. Dude, all four <laughs> members would be like, "Oh, look, that dumbass is by himself. Get him." Yeah, every time you're gonna die. Uh, that's what Invader was telling me uh, early when we were playing, and um, there was times where I was left for a second, and I guess we have this one character mm -hmm. that goes like cloaked. And out of nowhere, I mean, I felt like I was so slow to even get away from the guy. I was using Gizmo, <laughs> and I couldn't. Yeah. I was just stuck. That was if you're if you're not fast enough, you're not you're not going to make it no matter what, man. And next thing you know, I had like three guys around me, and within uh, just a few seconds, mm -hmm. I was just I was down and out. Well, man. And you can't even get on your hoverboard or the the you thing can't. you gotta do to go faster because if you try yeah. to do anything and you get shot, it interrupts mm -hmm. it. And no, there's been many a times where you're trying to run away and you're just completely ran down. Now, mm -hmm. would you guys agree to that the four players on each side uh, versus the map size, um, it, it doesn't fit? You know, it's maybe it was five players. Um, but I think that the four players, uh, I think that's why it feels slower than it is, you know, because the four players that, that are offered on each side kind of bogs the game down to where it seems slower than it actually is and the maps are just huge i don't know what oh, you yeah, guys there is, no the there maps are big there's yeah. times of depositing power cells at some of the points and none of the opposing teammates were anywhere near me yep yep exactly mm -hmm. and some of these revolving uh you know waypoints that you have to pick up too uh, I noticed that right away where I was there left on by myself for like at least, you know, a good 10 seconds, which is a long time for these types of games where I, you know, someone would come and, and, you know, try to block what I was doing, which is a very long time. 10 seconds is an outrageously long uh, period of time before, you know, gameplay elements, uh, you know, you're allowed to do, do something. So mm -hmm. I don't know. I get the feeling that the maps were a bit overthought because I find that Jeremy, you had made uh, alluded to <laughs> Halo earlier, right? Yeah. With the, with its map design and going back to even the original Halo, it had the simple simplest concepts for maps. I think even some of their best maps were made within a day. Their most mm -hmm. iconic maps, yeah. and I think I'm sorry to interrupt, but I think the the map creator works at in Undead Labs now. Of you know the original Halo and Halo Two, mm, yeah. I think is up at Undead Labs right now. Yeah, I believe so. And it's like I believe they had three different maps in this beta. There was an Aqueduct one. Uh, I forget what the other one was, and then there was like a Sky Garden one. And usually, you know, for a memorable experience, one sticks out. And personally, yeah. I just. It's not that they looked bad. I mean, they all looked kind of nice. Like they all looked really sharp, nice details. I just, I didn't really get a sense of, oh man, I can't wait to play on this map again. Oh, you know, I'm having a lot of fun on this. It just, I, I didn't really get yeah. a lot out of them personally. And th and that's the problem when it doesn't make up in gameplay. You need you need to have those iconic maps, and it just doesn't. You know, Overwatch has a few maps that are just you know people people I love feel like playing it was them. Cycling between like the like one or two of the same map constantly, yeah. and then it would throw in like, is there only like three maps or is there more? Because I mean, like I feel like yeah, did they announce playing the same maps over and over again? Did they announce? Oh, they're gonna be. <laughs> did they give it? Well, no. There's gonna map? be more maps. I think. 
I think the beta just threw out these three maps, but you know, they, just, they, they have they, to they have it. They have to have more maps. No, that's a guarantee. That's a guarantee that yeah. they'll have more maps. I don't I don't have the information or, or I'm not sure if not, they've unveiled that yet, but do you I see mean, like a story mode? Because here's the funny part. A lot of people don't realize that there's actually sometimes a story mode to Overwatch. It's yeah. just done during special events. Yep. And it's done in pieces. Like, and I'm kind of curious if they're gonna do something on the same level with bleeding edge are there is there going to be events with that kind of explain some of the story behind it because and, unless you read the bios like damon or yeah. demon however you want to pronounce it he's actually the creator of bleeding edge yeah and we hope so because when it when you do those kinds of things it kind of fleshes out the world um and it gives the characters personalities which is again it's needed in these types of games um so we'll see we'll see how it goes mm -hmm. has anybody in the chat played uh bleeding edge yet hey paris how you doing buddy thanks for joining us uh, again wonderful wonderful uh show with phil the other week awesome stuff uh we got shizno elite joining us um you know what shiz it's um bleeding edge it it, it is fun in a lot of ways but it's just uh, there's things like there's little nitpicks that just kind of add up personally that we're talking about and it's not that it can't be fun it's just there are things that, that we we need to see them like definitely adjust whether it be yeah. the speed in the game and so on damage and yeah just see what else they have to offer for this game so what are the game types really quick is it just territories and what's the other way i have to ask because like i said earlier yeah, there's, there's capture everything. the there's ca uh, control the point and then okay. the power cells and I'm sure I'm sure there's going to be more, uh, well, you yeah. know, yeah. So, oh but I think I think uh, Ninja Theory was in a unique position to kind of um, do their own thing as far as this genre goes, and I think they missed the mark. But we'll see when the when the final game comes out, and not I, that it can't be over that over time. Go ahead, Centurion. I was just want to say I hope it doesn't turn into. Um, sadly, it's the one thing that. I love Sea of Thieves. We all know how Downer feels about Sea of Thieves. I enjoy playing it with my wife. It's a great game. Yeah. But there, there is one problem with Sea of Thieves. There's playing Sea of Thieves by yourself, and there's playing Sea of Thieves with your friends, and they're two totally different experiences. Mm -hmm. And that's why I feel mm -hmm. like with Bleeding Edge, there's going to be Bleeding Edge by yourself, and there's going to be Bleeding Edge with your friends. Definitely. Well, not that this game can be a... A great experience without friends i mean you can get match make with some some nice people where you kind of stay you know you kind of create a party with each other and stay in that party for a while well in the uh, beta you can't unless that's the thing in the beta yeah. unless you guys actually group up the minute that match is over with it closes that match out and sends you right back to the screen which basically uh. restarts matchmaking you know what's so funny you about group up you, it's you get put in another random group well, what's funny about that is we we did that, and the next match there was somebody from the same you know from the same group before that that was in the match with us. So I don't know if, if it was just a coincidence, but no, it kept every time I, when I was playing by myself. Every time a match would end, it would go right yeah. to the the main title screen, and you'd have to start matchmaking right over. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, Hassan made a comment. He said, I did. It's a teamwork game. The moment you are outnumbered by one, you are done. And yeah, you know what? I noticed that too, Hassan. 
um as soon as like there's only one or one or one or two of you and you're surrounded by the other team you're toast like i don't even think like any special abilities would uh do anything like you're just kind of toast like they'll just come at you charge at you and you can parry all you want but uh it won't do very much good unfortunately yeah you can't parry when you're getting you're getting jumped by like three other players <laughs> yeah and guys, the art style is pretty interesting too. I always keep, I look at it and I'm like, as soon as I get to the home uh, home screen, I'm just like, that's Sunset Overdrive. <laughs> oh no, the art style looks great on it. I, I yeah. think it's a good, clean looking game. I mean, has a lot of potential, has a lot of potential. You can just yeah. tell this is Ninja Theory's <clears throat> first crack at a game genre like this. And so it's going to be a working progress. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and you know, I, I appreciate Ninja Theory trying different things. Obviously, they have two or three games on the go right now. Um, and I'm glad this game was allowed to come to fruition, and I hope that it does develop into something, you know, unique that the community rallies behind. And we'll see. It comes out uh, March 24th, if I'm not mistaken. So pretty soon. Um, you know, I, I just hope that they, that they address the things that we're talking about, and I hope that they have more content in the line and down the line, right? So yeah, and I I played with somebody that was there from the alpha originally, and he, you know they said even they said between the alpha and the beta there wasn't really much that was changed, which is kind of concerning. You know, I think uh, I played with Tim and a couple other people who were in the alpha and they said, you know, the game hasn't changed much uh, since then. Mm. Well, I guess we'll find out soon enough to see what improvements they make. Uh, again, just a month away, fellas. Uh, not too long to wait for Bleeding Edge. And I guess you have a few more hours to go until the beta is down. So, hey, definitely get in there while you can. All right, fellas, we will move on to another interesting bit of news, another topic. And recently, Samsung unveiled its new Galaxy S20 and Z flip phones. At their event, they talked about different partnerships, including Microsoft on the gaming front. Mm -hmm. David Park, Samsung's director of strategy, said <laughs> on stage that the company is working with Xbox on a premium cloud-based streaming service and that this is the beginning of our gaming partnership with Xbox. Yeah. As Forza Street was announced that it will be available for the Galaxy devices. So pretty interesting move. Guys, clearly we got a collaboration of sorts going on here between the two companies. What do you make of it? Because Microsoft just... You know, they just went through, like, even if it is a small Forza title, no matter how small it is, what size, you know, on just any kind of phone platform. So what are your thoughts? Uh, it's it's a win-win for both parties, Invader, because, you know, Samsung, I think I have it right here, the number. Samsung has a 19% uh, market share Um you know, with almost 300 units, uh, 300 million units sold. And that number is increasing, obviously, with amazing tech. I mean, you see it. They're setting the bar with, uh, you know, that new S20. I don't know if you guys have seen that new S20, but it's an absolute beast. It is. It's uh, amazing. It's, yeah. Mm -hmm. And that Ultra is going to run you about $1,400. Um, but in order for Xbox to make a dent, uh, in Sony's world dominance as far as market share, you know, is it, 
market share. I think it was a great move. Why? You know, I, I'll give you, uh, you know, a couple of reasons, but I think people are make, missing the, uh, the bigger picture um, than just cell phones. You know, you think, you think of, when you think of Samsung, you also think of television. Uh, and I think there's a unique opportunity there um, with its TV division and the application that can somehow be integrated uh, into Samsung's operating system. So I think that's the primary reason why Xbox went to Samsung. I think there's an opportunity there with the TVs. Um, uh, so not to mention the Apple platform is just much more restrictive uh, when it comes to, uh, you know, approving applications and doing certain things to where, you know, Android has much more freedom um, to do those kinds of things. Now, imagine where you, you can, you know, you can buy a Samsung TV and the Xbox application uh, for cloud streaming is already installed in some of the newer generations of TV. Mm -hmm. um, I think there's, again, there's a unique opportunity there to where um, Samsung has a deep, deep uh, market share uh, as opposed to Sony, you know, or, or, or Apple or, you know, any other uh, TV brand or cell phone brand. So this isn't the first time Xbox has uh, teamed up with Samsung. Yeah. Uh, when the Xbox One X hadn't even been released yet, I was lucky enough to be near one of the uh, Best Buys that were doing the uh, demos of the Xbox One X before it launched. And one of the uh, stipulations were to do those demos. It had to be hooked up to a Samsung QLED, at least the ones in my area. I don't know about other places, but the Samsung QLED was also marketed with the Xbox <coughs> One X and vice versa. I remember yeah. there was yeah. deals for at Best Buy where you could buy a Samsung QLED. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, uh, not QLED. Oh, yeah, it was QLED. It was yeah, it's QLED. Where you could, yeah, you could buy the QLED and the console, the Xbox One X together in a package deal. Mm -hmm. So this isn't the first time they've worked together. Um, I'm really curious on what they're going to come up with uh, as a result of this partnership. And I feel like Downer kind of hit the nail on the head. We could be seeing the Xbox, uh, the Xbox, the xCloud app popping up on things <coughs> like televisions, cell phones, tablets, yeah. and other Samsung devices that are capable of doing that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, you definitely sounded bad. You said it perfectly, uh, Downer. And I just think you, 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 they're going to make that alignment where yeah. when you think Samsung, you think Xbox, and you don't be surprised if you see that. That you know, you see HDR, you see yeah. you know 4K, and you have that Xbox logo on that box and that's going to do a lot with marketing and um there's a popular brand um whether it be the cell phones or the TV. uh tvs you know pull it all into that ecosystem too and you know um that's what they're doing i think that's what they're going to go and uh try and do yeah. <clears throat> i think it's a great move mm -hmm. absolutely and like you look at you know, Samsung is really going after Apple, too, here, because obviously you look at the strategic partnerships here with companies, you know, with different strengths. Obviously, Apple has its own internal ecosystem. So teaming up with, you know, Xbox, Samsung, Samsung and Xbox Game Studios makes a lot of sense. Xbox has a strong uh, 
gaming infrastructure, game lineup. Um, you look at Samsung, they don't really have that. They don't have the strengths of Apple. They don't have the, uh, you know, their app store, their Apple arcade. They, they, they don't have what, you know, obviously what Apple has. So with them forming all these different unions, these different partnerships and collaborations, it makes a lot of sense for their platform. And really, it's just it's very, very interesting to see Xbox and Samsung just come together like this. And you guys just wait because they uh, I believe there's a quote somewhere stating that we'll learn more about the details of this partnership like later in the year. And I have to I have a feeling it has to do with the official Xbox uh, X Cloud launch. I so. We'll have to wait and see on that, but I I have to agree with Downer here because I could definitely see them have a very um, heavily integrated uh, premium service for the xCloud, whether it be in the TVs and the phones and so on. They could really be onto something here, especially with expanding their reach. And like yeah. you said, Downer, too, Apple, I mean, they're... <sighs> We'll get into it soon, but like Apple's just known like their policies, their stores a little. It can be a little strict at times. It can be a little uh, funny. So with them partnering with Samsung, it just it kind of makes a lot of sense too with having a strong strategic partner that way. Well, yeah. if I can also kind of shamelessly hype myself, you guys remember that video that I did on the mystery slot on the Series X, right? Yeah, I remember. Uh -huh. Yeah, that was involving something that was actually a proprietary thing through Samsung, and now all of a sudden Samsung is uh, Microsoft Xbox's partner. I'm just like, well, you know, as far fetched as my theory is, you still can't downplay it because now Samsung could have shared that technology with Xbox. Yeah, that's true. Hundred percent. That's yeah. interesting. Oh, it is very interesting. And, you know, it'll be interesting to see, you know, what comes out further down the line, down the, uh, you know, in the upcoming months, once we learn more about xCloud and how it, and its expanding services and so on, it goes on to more yeah. platforms. But again, you know, it's interesting that, the, you know, they're taking this, uh, you know, a Windows 10 title, you know, Forza Street and putting it on there onto the Galaxy phones. I can just imagine what other titles that we'll see uh, crossing over as well. So, but, you know, speaking of crossing over into other platforms and whatnot, we're going to go and branch onto some more xCloud related news mm -hmm. and... Project xCloud has now been expanding its testing to iOS devices, specifically iPhone and iPad. Now, yeah. because some policies, as we were talking earlier, uh, Apple has to, there's certain policy uh, tweaks to appease Apple. Only one game at the moment is available, and that's the Halo Master Chief Collection uh, for Which the Which is bizarre. Testing. I mean, well, I, don't, I don't understand it. I don't, to be honest, but Mm -hmm. It is it is kind of weird that only like one game out of what fifty to sixty games of this yeah the Master Chief Collection out of all of them yeah but so yeah it is kind of uh, funny there but a few panel members have Apple devices I mean I'm still waiting to get in here but Jeremy I know you got in and you yeah. even put up a small video over Twitter at uh, about your XCloud experience with it uh, what do you think so I was able to try. Uh, both operating systems, iOS and Android. 
when I signed up, it was just a matter of flipping the switch. And I got the email within a good um, a good hour to try iOS support. Uh, from a functionality standpoint, you know, both play the same. And I, I can't really give an edge over the other one. Uh, the problem with iOS, again, um, is it's, it's so restrictive, which is why, you know, it has... It has it takes so long to get uh, some of these apps up and running, um, you know, and you know it's just. But Apple's also trying to make headwind in the industry with the launch of um, Apple Arcade. So I don't know if that plays a factor, but it's uh, it's definitely. Um, I think it kind of hinders the Apple's in terms of. Yeah. You think the, they're uh, going to take it a little bit slower <laughs> on the approval? I mean, they always, I mean, I mean, from any, for anyone who knows Apple, it is, it's just a slow process. Even, mm-hmm, yeah. even well, I just mean on the aspect of the games, though, side of things. Like, maybe we're going to yeah. take a little bit more time to approve this app so we can push yeah. it forward. Like, that's what I mean. Like, I wonder. <clears throat> so, playing on iOS is a little bit different than playing. And again, I've tried both of them. It's a little bit different than playing on a Samsung device. Uh, Samsung devices offer a higher resolution. Uh, I think the, the resolution is 25, point, 25 nits higher than what the uh, iPhone offers, um, which isn't a huge difference. So it just depends on preference, really, because both of these phones are, are going to have 5G um, uh, sooner or later. Uh, so it just depends on preference, and I think I think I'm gonna be moving to Android here shortly. Um, that S20 Ultra is looking mighty fine right now, so I think I might jump on that Samsung bandwagon. <clears throat> yeah, definitely. Even I'm considering it. Like that. Uh, yeah. Oh, that new what S20? Oh, that looks really sweet. Uh, not gonna lie, and uh, you know I do like my Apple products. I'll admit, but. It's tempting. It's very you tempting. You only knew what I do with my Note 9. What? No, I mean, like, I use my Note 9 for everything when it comes to content creation. That phone has just amazed me what it's capable of. Mm-hmm. Like, when it comes to altering images, creating cutouts, um, all sorts of stuff. Like, I use my phone to uh, sometimes make thumbnails. Nice. <clears throat> Mm-hmm. You guys are big time. I'm still rocking the eight, man. I still got my new mm-hmm. eight. I usually try to go three. I tried to keep it for you know. Uh, I, I I like to go three years before I like renew my phone uh, to get another. And you one and you should. Mm-hmm. No eight is a very comparable uh, piece of hardware. Um. Oh yeah, my no. Um, I normally go that long too. My Note Nine. Yeah. Uh, is going on two years old here pretty soon, they're too, they're too and I got pricey, it as a result man. of. Yeah, um, and yeah, Megatron. No. Yeah, Megatron. It's not like you can't do with with uh, what Centurion's doing. Mm-hmm. You can do the same thing on a Note Eight than you can on a Note Nine for the most part. Um, so it's just the, it's up to the applications. And again, the applications are a lot less restrictive on Android as opposed to the iOS. iOS is very heavy in app purchases. Yeah, mm-hmm. so is Android, but you have a little bit more flexibility with the the Android, uh, uh, you know, the applications in there where, you know, you don't have to pay for some of the functionality features inside the apps. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, <clears throat> I noticed uh, our friend Paris. He over at Gamertag Radio. He uh, he fired up his new iPad Pro and he had tried out uh, the iCloud uh, beta for iOS, or sorry, iCloud XCloud beta for iOS. And he seemed like a pretty overall, like pretty positive. It, I think he made the comment that it was a little bit on the laggy side. I could be mistaken, but otherwise, I mean, it looked good. Like the video that I was seeing, like it looks very impressive. Uh, just even if it is like very early on the testing, like when I saw just the Master Chief collection fired, just fired up, looks yeah. beautiful. Looks beautiful. Yeah. Like I just I can't wait to jump right into that myself. When it, whenever and like I, I get said, it. it's the resolutions is a. Li- uh, a little bit sharper uh, on the Android devices just for the clarity and, and brightness of the actual screen. So there's not much that much uh, not mu- that much difference between the two. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, again, with Apple's policies, <laughs> I really hope that they open up uh, more games because even though the Master Chief Collection, it is like a massive collection of Halo games. You know, you're going to want to try some other stuff out. You know, it's very limiting. I, I'm still confused as to why they only have the one game out of the entire yeah, library on there. Bizarre. I don't know why. It just it doesn't make much sense. Mm-hmm. It was I don't know. It's kind of like I, when Larry Herb uh, was uh, mentioning this, like he, I, I don't think he wanted to go into detail about why it was just the one game. <laughs> but Apple's policies, apparently. Yeah, but well, you okay? You you have well, you want to have a beta, okay? Mm-hmm. And you want to test these kinds of things, so you offer a not a wide variety, but at least a selection of games that require some sort of different inputs and lag. Uh, you, you have to ha- try the whole spectrum, and that's what I'm saying, because playing Halo is a different experience as opposed to playing a strategy game. Playing Halo is a different experience as opposed to playing, uh, you know, something like a uh, analog shooter. You know, it's something like that. You need to try these things to where you can give a nice opinion and nice feedback for the beta test. And when you're offering one, you know, you're offering one game. I guess it's five games, but <laughs> but you know, when you're offering one game. You can't get the feedback as opposed to offering uh, a beta with at least five or six options. Does that make sense? It makes a lot of sense. Just, just, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a shame. Hopefully, they open that up soon to more games because, you know, for uh, us, I. Us uh, iPhone, iPad guys, you know, it'd be nice to try out some other stuff and, you know, give them some feedback, too, because obviously they want to improve the service. And, uh, well, you know, we'll we'll be keeping tabs on that in any case. Um, But, yeah, we'll uh, move on to another piece of uh, news uh, that broke a few days ago, actually. And it seems as if Sony is struggling with the pricing for the PlayStation 5. Now, in a report from news outlet Bloomberg, because of the supposedly the scarcity in components, the mm-hmm. manufacturing costs for the PlayStation 5 <clears throat> will bring the cost of the console to, well, about $450 per unit, effectively forcing it would set up something where the price setting decisions would be set it up against the competition like the Xbox Series X. Yeah. Now, according to people who 
obviously do not want to be named because, uh, you know, they're talking in private here, uh, secrecy. Sony is <laughs> taking uh, the wait and see approach, supposedly. Now, guys, what do you make of this? As obviously we've been waiting to see Sony reveal the actual console for a while now. And we've only really been getting like little tidbits that they've been dropping to us. And really, I really want to see the console. Now, do you think that it's possible to see the PS5 manufacture for about, let's say, you know, the 450 as they're saying? And, you know, what do you think it'll retail for? So I'm sold on the either of five. I think it's going to be five hundred dollars. But but OK, so this is this isn't news coming from Sony. And if you guys remember correctly, but. $450 isn't too bad considering the the track record in you know in Sony's uh in, in terms of Sony but if you remember correctly again the PS2 was like a what a 20 20 or 30 dollar profit margin or something like that from its actual retail price um and then they lost an enormous enormous amount of money uh when it came to the PlayStation 3 because because of the cell processor and at the time, Sony's blue uh, blue Blu-ray technology, uh, which was was going to be eventually obsolete due to the digital content, unfortunately. But um, that's why they were losing, and they're you know vast amounts of money because of the cell processor. Um, and I think I have it right here. What Sony's chief financial officer stated. It, yeah, it's here. Yeah. So it said we must keep. PS5's bill of materials under control, and we need to make sure <clears throat> the correct number of units uh, in the initial production. And basically what that means for those who run businesses and stuff like that, or are business owners, <clears throat> you can't go out and just purchase things um, in one sitting. You know Why? Because of operating costs. Uh, cost of goods and other expenses, they'll just be astro astronomical. Uh, on yeah. top of that, parts and materials become cheaper over time, you know. So, uh, which is why Nintendo is really good at what they do. I don't know, they upgrade their, their technology, you know, especially in the handheld market, uh, because, because it comes those parts become cheaper over time. So, Nintendo is able to make a higher profit margin off those types of items. Um, so again, if you're spending $80 on a CPU, I'm just giving you an example. If you're spending $80 on the CPU and later on it becomes $60, obviously your profit margins would be greater because, uh, or I'm sorry, it'll be less because inventory depreciates, you know, and if anybody knows what inventory depreciation is, it basically means the age of it, uh, the age of your, the actual inventory that you're purchasing. The longer it stays like in a warehouse or in a retail uh, shelf, et cetera, et cetera. The more it depreciates, uh, right? Yeah. The <laughs> item depreciates over time um, and few things become uh, more outdated than electronics. And I think you guys would agree with that. But that's how it works. So I think that's what, that's what Sony's doing is they're kind of waiting and seeing what Mike, what Xbox is going to do uh, with the cost of the system. And it's going to be huge. It's going to be whether or not um, this price point is very important because it could turn the tide. And you've seen what Xbox 360 did. 
early on in the generation um, compared to the PlayStation 3 and how much how important that price point was to uh, to the business. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, I know that was a long-winded explanation, <laughs> but yeah. Well, of course. Well, you know what you're saying is true. I mean, you look at the start of this generation back in 2013, where you know Microsoft was a hundred dollars more the uh, Xbox One than the PlayStation Four. Um, the uh, the PlayStation Four in 2013, the retail price three ninety nine. It was three hundred and eighty one dollars to manufacture. So they that was their first console. Yeah. They actually made a profit off of mm-hmm. i think they took losses on the other the other three beforehand yeah. but uh you know they they were uh they made it they made that console to be profitable because profitable because i think they lost millions upon millions if not billions on the bloody cell processor and the ps3 uh, and you know well, other invader even the playstation 2 because um at the time it offered the D- the dvd drive mm-hmm. uh and they were able to to make uh, a little bit more profit on the system when you can include the network adapter that was attached in the back, and that's that was part of their profits. Uh, but overall, the PlayStation Two was an extremely expensive system. Like I said, that really uh, offered only like a twenty or thirty percent profit margin on on that on that system. And when the, when the Slim came out, uh, the PS Two Slim. You can see what it did to their profit margin on those systems, um, which was greater because they were Sony was able to go out and get those parts for cheaper and a smaller condensed version of, of the system. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely, too. Yeah, you got the Blu-ray drive in there as well um, yeah. for the PS3. Uh, yeah, they were taking hits. They were taking massive hits, hoping things would catch on uh, with the PS3. Didn't catch on as quickly but you know eventually they did end up making a profit towards the end uh but yeah this gen though they've been doing very well um it would just be interesting to see though with the pricing because obviously if they're gonna wait for uh microsoft you know it's uh you know playing the waiting game here it's it's gonna be interesting be interesting to see if they do take the loss um if it's competitive for them to do that and uh, just yeah how long they are gonna wait um, so you're you're gonna see here real quick if the xbox uh series x comes out at 500 dollars, sony's gonna sell their system at 500 dollars. Mm-hmm. if it comes out cheaper than that uh you know sony has no choice they have no choice but to take a loss on these systems so it's just the it's the waiting game, you know. It's just it just depends uh, how much these systems are going to be, and, and who comes out with the right price for consumers. Mm-hmm, absolutely, and I I do have a feeling it is going to come out to be both systems at about five hundred. Obviously, yeah. everybody is touting <laughs> that the Xbox Series X is going to be. Uh, well, at the very minimum, slightly more powerful than the PS5. And if they have that power advantage plus the price, you know, that's some uh, very, that's, you know, going into next generation, that's some very powerful messaging to use to consumers right off the bat. You so, think that's enough, though, to out for, for uh, Microsoft to start out, out selling the PlayStation initially? I don't, or? Okay. I don't think so because. 
like I said, Sony has a hold on the world market, and Xbox is more. Uh, everything's just U.S., 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 and you know that some of that's trickled down into Europe too. But Sony's just they're world dominant in terms of console sales. What if you um, take a game like Halo and they kill it? You know, no, because you know, no, off. because mm-hmm. Halo first-person shooters. And it's more accepting now worldwide than it was back then. But mm-hmm. uh, first-person shooters don't have a stranglehold on the market. Uh, only U.S. really, um, you know. So when you look at these first-person games, adventure, action RPG, uh, those games do better overseas as opposed to first-person shooters. Sports, kind of, yeah. Where it's kind of a U.S. thing. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Oh, no, you make a good point there, Jeremy. Uh, the games that they launch with, like the genres, they are going to mm-hmm. be very important to. I mean, I, I would definitely. But not so much just the, 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 you know, the PvP, uh, you know, aspect. I'm just talking about the story of Halo. Like, you think, are you thinking that the singles, the single uh, Player experience is what has the uh, market right now, or what do you think would it, what would it take? Well, <laughs> you need you need that's a, that's why uh, Phil is going out buying these other studios in in different. I don't know if they stop now, but uh, they need a, a different studio. Uh, maybe it's a Japanese studio to kind of bring people in mm-hmm. to where they're going to make get some traction in. Uh, some of these harder markets that Xbox does not have a foothold in. Mm-hmm. Well, he does keep yeah. mess, uh, talking about recently uh, looking into Asian studios. So I, I have a feeling he's just not saying that for the sake of it. I do think there's interest there, but you know, it would be nice if they bought from <clears throat> software or something like that, but that would be a pipe dream. <laughs> yeah, it's a pipe dream. I wish. Mm-hmm. For Microsoft to totally convince people to start buying Xboxes over PlayStations, uh, one major hurdle they got to get over is this generation really set the the bar for the digital ecosystem. People are now invested in the brands that they chose by having digital libraries. I have hundreds of games on Xbox, and I have less than 10 on my PlayStation digital library for a reason. Um, So it's going to be really hard to convince people for starters to want to leave hundreds of games behind to switch uh, ecosystems to that's where you're going to have to, instead of playing it, like you got to get them from switching one brand to another. You just have to get them to want to, participate in your brand as well and that's by giving them not just one game to gravitate around like halo infinite but to have a launch lineup that's diverse enough to give something to everyone and hope that playstation doesn't have as much as you do um, and we've seen it in the past where PlayStation will launch uh, lacking uh, games. And that's where Microsoft really, I hope, if PlayStation um, lacks on launch, ex- launch titles in general, um, Xbox could gain some ground by having games already lined up to give people software to play on these newer systems. 
Now, if it's a 10 million, even 20 million deficit, Xbox is in a great position. However, if it's going to be another massacre like it is this generation, with we're talking uh, anywhere upwards from 50 to 60 million units deficit, that's where it's you know it's gonna it's just gonna become embarrassing at this point. So they again all the stuff that Centurion said they could make headwind. Xbox could make headwind in uh, in closing a gap, and then that's a big win. If even if it's ten million, uh, ten million deficit, twenty million deficit, it's still a win for Xbox because mm-hmm. it you know it was able to capture some of those consumers that were lost in the last generation. Uh, or they had in the last generation as opposed to this generation. And I don't new- should we even be talking about worrying about sales of the hardware or now, you know, everyone from both Sony and Microsoft, you know, they, yeah, they just yeah. came out and you, you know, actually now. that's what it's I was users. about to say. It's users. So I was about to say that um we're probably not gonna see hardware sales mm-hmm. anymore of hundreds of millions like we have seen in the past with the Sony brand. Um, and mm-hmm. that's just because, um, I, I hate, let's just put it this way. I hate using the word casual because mm-hmm. that, in my opinion, doesn't really fit. If somebody plays hardcore on a cell phone, Hey, that's cool. You just choose the game on a cell phone. That doesn't make you a cat. Maybe it, it that's, counts. I, see, that's my thing. You're, you've spent a, an absorbent amount of money on gears pop. I'm sorry, but that puts you in a hat in the hardcore category, but because you game on a cell phone, apparently that's a casual category. And that's where I have issues with just kind of putting that word label of casual on people. Um, but the people who, don't that buy these game consoles just to be able to play some of these games find out that they can play some of these games and streaming services sooner than later um some in some services it's day and date and other services it could be six months to a year but the point is if you hold out long enough you don't need to buy the hardware and that's where you're going to have consumers that are going to hold to that ideal that they don't need to go out and get hardware. They can just play it on their cell phones. Or if Sam, the Samsung thing turns out to be true, they can play it on their Samsung television. Uh, so you're going to see hardware sales dip a little bit, in my opinion, because there's going to be people that would rather just buy gaming a la carte than just go out and buy these full-blown consoles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's true. Well, and also you you look at you know these companies, both Microsoft and Sony, they want to take less pressure off of the console sales. They want to put it more on the ecosystem itself, selling that. Obviously, you know, we talk about the X Cloud, uh, Sony has PS now. You know, they all want to put more emphasis on that and selling software rather than hardware. I mean, hey, hardware is beautiful, but you know, they want to get more people invested in that ecosystem. So it would just be it would be very interesting to see going forward again uh how the the prices play out both with the uh playstation 5 if uh if it is true about the manufacturing issues and if they wait for microsoft to uh you know to make the first move on the price so we'll definitely be keeping an eye on that fellas but uh, you know what we will move on from this and we will go on to another bit of hardware news an interesting tidbit actually of news and who would have thought that a $200 controller would be selling so well and according to sales tracking firm NPD group the Xbox Elite Series 2 controller has been selling like hotcakes 
It is the best-selling video game accessory for the third month in a row, and it has already been uh, dubbed the fifth the fifth top-selling gaming accessory of all time in the U.S., which, hey, that is very impressive when you take into account that the controller came out in November of last year, only, again, like three, four months ago. So, guys, are you surprised by the sales milestone of the controller of the Elite Series 2? Yeah, to be honest, I'm a little bit surprised, especially at that price point. Uh, $180. <laughs> you know, someone's not going to go out and just buy it. Uh, okay, I'm going to buy a $180 controller, but apparently they do. So, uh, yeah, I'm a little surprised by it. But I think the key thing to take away from this is, you know, because it's, you know, you can now use it on PC and you can use it on your Android phone. You can't use it on iOS right now. But you can use it on your Android phone, uh, and then you can also use it, obviously, playing the Xbox. But, you know, I think the concept of, um, you know, just in general, what, what, what it's able to do uh, is important. So I think they're going to make more of these, these controllers. Maybe two, three and four might come out, but who knows? Mm -hmm, absolutely and you know what i get what i get is that people just they really love to configure their controllers obviously the series x or sorry series x the elite series series is it has a personal touch to it you know you can customize it you can switch out whatever you want uh it's just there's that touch to it uh you get there's a personalization and even though it is more expensive there's that premiumness to it and really it just it helps enhance your gaming experience overall i think people are just really looking to to enhance it and um do we all own one yet i don't have one yet i, I think <laughs> i don't know why I, do. I just haven't clicked the button to order it you know i still have my elite um the original elite controller both actually have the gears of war elite and the why do I think one. you purchased one? I could have sworn you were showing one off. No, I got to was... No, I, I have to though. Maybe. I don't know why. Dude, he he took that photo with it on the hood of his Bentley. <laughs> <laughs> funny, funny, funny. But you how know, it's not Yeah, I got to not have order it, man. They've understand. improved things about it in the, you know, too. You think they can't get any better with that controller they have. They did improve yeah. the grips. They don't come off anymore. They did something with the uh the bumpers up top, they shaved them down a little bit. I think I remember what David said. And then um, you can shift key almost with that, right? You can actually hit one of the uh, flippers, whatever, how you want to program it to actually. Yeah, you um, basically you get to program it to do whatever. Mm -hmm. That's an awesome piece of hardware, man. And the, the quality control and what they do in the customer service. You know, you heard David when he came on the show. You can literally just let him know, give him the serial number. Send it in, they'll send you another one. They try to rectify the problem. Like they just that's something that not only did they do, they they came up with this product that they really care about, you know, um, they care. And um, it shows and people are still willing to buy it. Um, and you get what you pay for. So and I need to order one right away. Yeah, piggybacking <laughs> off to what you just said, you know, I had an issue with my Elite controller when it came in, my Elite controller 2 when it came in. Mm -hmm. uh, well, the problem was the right trigger was clicking in. So I don't know if it was dropped or something happened to where uh, it, it was sticking almost and there was a clicking sound in the on the right trigger. 
So what I did was just contact David. I let him know what was going on. And right away, he was like, dude, just send me it. I want to experiment, do experiments on it and kind of dissect it a little bit. And I'm going to send you the one I have. He, he was going to send me a new one in the office uh, and just take care of me real quick. And these are the kinds of things that just Sony doesn't do, you know, and um, to, to go for him to go out of his way and just to give me one of his, his own uh, elite controllers, send mine back, have him work on it. Uh, that's a level kind of, you know, just a level, different level of customer service. You can't get anywhere else. Um, so I, I personally didn't end up sending it back. And the reason being was because it has three trigger modes. And what I did was um, I just left it on, on the two setting, which is a shorter version of, of the, um, you know, the trigger functionality. So I just left it at that. And I can just live with it like that because whether you're using the half motion or the quarter motion or the full motion, uh, each motion is the same. Meaning if I use the quarter motion and on Forza, I was playing a driving game and, you know, if you push it down more, the acceleration goes faster. Mm -hmm. But not the case with the Elite 2 because even if you're using the quarter, the quarter trigger, uh, it you can still go full speed, so I was I was able to live with um, the half speed uh, on it at all times. Awesome, and let's not forget that they also include now the um, built-in rechargeable battery, which lasts forever, from what I'm hearing. Yeah. And they have the tension um, in the sticks. Um, I guess they have it to where the 360s were, all the way up to where you can make it even tighter uh so they did a hell of a job with this and it doesn't surprise me at all um so kudos to them and uh and my future purchase of <laughs> the elite uh mm -hmm. i guess it's, it's a two elite two what do they call it officially i don't even remember the elite that. series two yeah oh, okay but it's funny starbuck united in the chat i will wait for the next elite controller model i guarantee they'll make another before end of the first year of the series x console launch I hope so, they make a custom one, maybe like a Halo or a Forza. I'll buy them both. Maybe I should like wait until uh until the uh, Series X, you know, and maybe they'll make an announcement on stage at a E3 this year, and uh, I'll pre-order that right away. <clears throat> and I don't know how you can improve this version. It, it'd be I don't know. Well, what would you add? What more? Right. That's I mean, what I'm saying. It's, <laughs> it's one of those things where like. What can you add to make it better? What's left? Uh, an LCD screen, a speaker, <laughs> a microphone. Because, yeah, like he said, there. he's done. He's done. I mean, he's went over everything and yeah. took out notes and like uh, go back and listen to that show. I gotta. Mm -hmm. I don't remember which one it is, but if you guys are listening, uh, it was real. David Preen was an awesome uh, guy to have on, and uh, yeah. if you guys can catch that show again. It'll be great. A lot of real informative. <clears throat> Mm -hmm. But yeah, I, I do remember that show vividly. And, you know, we, we touched on, on a lot with them about, you know, what, what they could have added, you know, do they take mm -hmm. any hints from, you know, the other big console makers and so on. And it's just, uh, you know, it, it's, it's interesting. It's interesting uh, how they decide to evolve and change and uh, make you things better. You could even charge the damn controller in the case. You know, you just like he said, he was surprised how people were using the case and everything. You put your controller in there, plug it in, and it's just like it's a perfect. Uh, they they <laughs> they did a hell of a job with this thing, man. 
and funny, I just keep thinking of things, you know, as we're funny, I thought, go ahead, go ahead. Funny short story real quick. So I have my, my, uh, the USB for the series, uh, series two controller hooked up to the back of the TV and the rumble feature in it. I, every time I turn on the, the, uh, TV, it sounded like, I don't know if you guys remember those old TVs where you turn on the old TV and you hear a. So I'm, I'm like, what the hell is my TV broken? But it was actually the elite controller rumbling inside the, the, you know, the, the holder when, when it went off. So I thought on one time, I thought my TV was broken, but it ended up being the, the rumble feature inside the, inside the case. Anyway, I didn't want to share mm-hmm. that. It I'm wasn't trying to figure out what kind of television you had. <laughs> so I remember you don't the, remember the older TVs? I or? had like a whining noise when you turned it off. It was like a boing, like I, it doesn't sound like that, but it was a real high pitch whining yeah. noise as you were turning it on and off. But that's dude, uh, we're talking about those old TVs that were like huge and microwave size, you mm-hmm. know. It just I don't know. Listen to the rich kid here. <laughs> I mean, I was sorry, I was poor. <laughs> I had a viewmaster or whatever viewfinder, and that, that's that was my thing. <laughs> well, you just wait the next uh, the next Elite Series three you watch, it'll be an extra hundred bucks. So you better start saving up your pennies for a three hundred dollar controller. And it's gonna sell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it will sell. Uh, all right, guys, I think uh, we're gonna move on to the next topic, and it's gonna be our last topic for the evening. And it's something that I think a lot of people were suspecting. And it looks like Anthem will be getting a massive overhaul. Now, in a blog post, Bioware General Manager uh, Casey Hudson confirmed that a long-term redesign for Anthem is in the works, touching on the game's issues that are still, well, really problematic. And he went on to say, we, re- we recognize that there is still more fundamental work to be done to bring out the full potential of the experience. And it will require a more substantial reinvention than an update or expansion. Now, that's pretty significant. And supposedly the studio wants to reinvent the core gameplay loop with clear goals, uh, motivating challenges and progression with meaningful rewards. So, fellas, how do you feel about Bioware going back to the drawing board with Anthem? And I know a few of you, or at least I, I'm pretty sure a few of you have played Anthem, and I would love to hear your thoughts on it. Jeremy, didn't you play it? Your mic's muted, Jeremy. Jeremy. <laughs> I love it. So uh, I have some significant hours on Anthem, yeah, but I really enjoyed uh in, enjoyed Anthem. I enjoyed the gameplay loop. Um did I think it would be received um uh the poor reception it did receive when it was released? No, uh, because I thought Bioware would just knock it out of the park. Uh, with Anthem, and you guys seen how ambitious the game was, uh, whether it was like an E3 trailer presentation. Anthem looked really sharp at that time. Um, but if you guys remember, Anthem got off to it in st- the most, probably the worst start a game could possibly go through uh, in video game history. The game was broken in many cases, uh, and it's 
it was sad because I truly, I truly enjoyed like the flight mechanics, uh, the combat mechanics, um, but the insane amount of bugs, the latency issues with it, uh, the frame rate drops, the stuttering, the inconsistent, the inconsistent loop drops, um, loading time, just everything. It was disaster. Um, and there was one point where I purchased some in-game content. I don't know if you, well, Centurion didn't know, but Invader, you remember when I purchased Anthem, I bought some in-game currency that mm-hmm. never showed up in my on my profile. So I purchased oh, yeah. like $40 worth of content. And I went off the deep end on Twitter. I was putting them on blast. And I stood, literally, it took me three weeks to get back those um, those gems or whatever what you want to call it from, from uh, EA. And EA has the worst customer service. If you ever have to... For those who have dealt with EA, EA has the worst customer service of all time. Um, so I really believe like Bioware uh, will knock it out of the park this time around. Uh, but will it be enough um, you know, to, to move over some players to feel like they got cheated like myself? Only time's going to tell with, with, this, uh, with this product. But... Um, <clears throat> You guys have played Anthem, and I think you guys really enjoyed that gameplay loop uh, in it. And it's a very ambitious title. I think if they square away a few things, whether it's uh, you know making the gameplay mechanics a little bit tighter, uh, uh, solid storyline. The story, the stories wasn't bad. It was actually a good story. But I really remember the story, though. I mean, it was a long time. Uh, yeah, but yeah. I hope for the best. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I'm not trying to go down memory lane, but uh, Anthem had a very massive um, production hiccup and all sorts of crap. Like for starters, at, le- at least from what we read, they kept the team so divided that literally mm-hmm. the person who was making the vegetation and the the back the actual environments uh, for the game didn't know what the characters even look like that we're going to be in these environments. There was a huge communication breakdown. Um, The communication broke down so much that nobody even knew what they were creating at the time. The game was actually called something else other than Anthem. It was called beyond. Yes. It was beyond. And uh, they didn't know what this game was going to look at, look like until, that faithful day at E3 when the Bioware came guy came out and showed us that amazing trailer that ended up being nothing like the game we got um, in the trailer. It showed um, them picking up loot drops and using them right away. It showed the uh, the the walkers or the stalkers or whatever they called them that they would launch from uh, more active and be and more mobile through the environments. Yeah. But in the main in the game we got, they were stationary. Um, there's just a lot of things that were advertised to us that were completely different than what we got. Um, hearing what you went through downer about having $40 worth of uh, currency, um, disappear. I lucked out in the fact that you guys have uh, met my brother staying zombie that night mm-hmm. playing uh, world war Z. 
and uh, he bought mm -hmm. he bought two copies of the Legion of Dawn edition digitally, one for me and one for him. Uh, one was for my birthday, and I was really grateful. And I actually got the Legion of Dawn uh, skins. I didn't uh, get them exactly, I, was, but for yeah. him, they were glitched, um, and they wouldn't work. And still to uh, this day, he has not received them, even wow. though he bought the yeah, even though he bought the Legion of Dawn edition, he still to this day has not received the Legion of Dawn skins. And they are bugged on his version of the game. Um, is this enough? I really hope that whatever they do is enough to resurrect this because I don't want to see the company like Bioware disappear. Anthem had a great mechanic. Yes, the story yeah. could have used a little bit more to it. Um, it'd be great if they added on to the story as time yeah. goes because there's potential there. Mm -hmm. Um, but still the mechanic was great. There's nothing like climbing in a suit flying around. I mean, there is not a game right now that nope. will give you that, that experience of being even yeah. a javelin. Yeah. Um, it feel fun. I mean, you would go, Oh from, yeah. I mean, it was, it was, you would go from underwater and back out and just, it felt really great. I remember and the graphics know, were amazing too. Some of these level design, the level design was good too. Mm -hmm. Well, speaking of level design that's why some of the levels you can't fly around in because again this is where communication breakdown and production issues it started off with hey let's make a flying mechanic and then they got rid of the flying mechanic well one of the guys who was in charge of the whole project over at ea got a hold of the version of the game with the flying mechanic in it and said like no let's put the flying mechanic back in and now all of a sudden the flying mechanic is back and they've put level designs out that involve these small corridors that you can't fly down they were meant for you to be on the ground so that's why it always feels mixed up like one well, moment i actually like i actually like or... the mix i actually enjoy the mix some of the the closed corridors and inside the game which kind of it's it, Instead of just flying, it's a different element of gameplay, which I enjoy. So, but no, but that's why some of the uh, the map areas though feel that way, like yeah. they're not. It was like it's like all of a sudden the gameplay changes. Yeah, and you know you were talking about how you know one per one one group had the vegetation, one group had the the, the characters for a large team. You know, for those who understand how games are made, that's how games are made. One person does the, uh, you know, some people do the animation, some people do the art direction, some people do the mocap. And if you have a big studio such as Bioware, and I think this is why maybe the coalition uh, and 343 is having a rough go with Gears and Halo series, where you get these such big projects and you know, you hear about the, the stories where Halo is coming up on a $500 million budget. The communication, there's communication breakdown that happens. Maybe more so in other studios when you don't have a solid leadership foundation. Uh, but I think that's what Anthem went through, what, what Centurion said to where, um, you know, you heard these horror stories where people didn't know what was going on with the game. When you don't have a leader that takes charge and, and is in their hand, basically micromanaging, micromanaging every single aspect of the of the business, then you see what can come about it when when you 
you know, when when uh, EA dishes out products like Anthem. And I just hope that uh, it doesn't happen with 343 taking on something like Halo. It's those project so, managers, man. Get on, get on them. It's yeah. that money. Well, that was, the, that was the thing, though, because Casey Hudson, he was originally uh, he was at Microsoft for a little bit uh, with Xbox yeah. Game Studios, and he was brought back as Fastback was saying uh, to kind of reel in Anthem and get it under control because it was not good for, uh, you know, the, the years that it was in development. They had to really string it. Apparently the, for the last year was when everything came together. Oh, dude, development for that game was just completely, I mean, a, an actual cluster F, if you know what I mean. Like, it spent four to five years in pre-production, and they built the entire game in somewhere around 18 months because they knew they had a deadline to have this game done for EA. But well, they it's, spent it's not so for much EA. Time. It was for it, it, their investors. Well, yeah, but, that's, but they had a deadline that they had to meet. Right. And it just, when you spend four years in pre-production, like, can you imagine having four years go by and all you have is concepts and drawings and ideas? You don't have any flesh, I mean, actual fleshed out ideas that you can put eyes on. And that right there is a big problem. Um, And when you're going to slap a game together in 18 months, especially using an engine that you're inexperienced with creating a game uh, game genre that you know nothing about because we're putting Bioware in charge of a looter shooter. Um, there was just a lot of th- obstacles in the way of this becoming a success. Mm-hmm. And well, when, you, funny, ca- when yeah. you cater to, in- I'm sorry, Invader, but when you ca- and cater to investors, uh, you know, there's the stress behind that is immense. You know, and if you if you have a deadline of February fifth, I'm just giving you an example, February fifteenth, and you have two years to build this game when it's gonna take three or four years to build, you have that kind of stress when the invent the you know, just because you have to appease to the investors, which isn't a good work environment. And you see what kind of well they delayed Anthem, so they were even under more of a microscope yeah. after they delayed it. Yeah. Mm-hmm, so, absolutely but it's and, projected it's projected inside these you know whether it's going to be the uh, 2019 projections for the fiscal year uh anyway i don't want to get into stocks and well let's do you just guys- be happy with the fact that they're i'm sorry invader i was just going to say let's be happy with the fact that this is a game that was designed by ea that could have been essentially thrown in the trash and moved on but they're willing to do what mm. is essentially is right mm. and actually try to save it. Mm. I, I I disagree because it was so poorly received, meaning there was some serious backlash and ramifications that would take place uh, to Bioware and EA if they didn't fix Anthem. Mm. Meaning, well, it, yeah, yes, meaning there was such an uproar on social media and on Reddit and other platforms to where they had no choice uh you know to both appease to their investors to the customers to fix anthem because nobody will ever buy another ea product again for as long as uh as long as they live because of the experience they had with anthem well also- and i was i was at that point too where i was like fuck ea 
I'm not buying shit from them, and I haven't bought anything from them since. Since uh, well, I I feel like I got the double whammy because I was actually a huge Mass Effect Andromeda fan, and yeah. when they completely you know canned all support for Mass Effect Andromeda, outside of some very small loose multiplayer support, like I mean, you saw all the potential to expand the single player uh, experience of mass effect Andromeda. And they just threw it all in the trash just because of how the game is received. So I, in my opinion, also if they would have tried to do that a second game in a row, because it was mass effect Andromeda. And then you had um, um, Anthem come out of Bioware. So to do two games in a row where you just completely abandon I completely th would change the name Bioware forever. And you don't get you don't get a third chance in this industry. They struck out with both Mass Effects and Andromeda. They struck out with with Anthem. Very few um, developers and publishers get this kind of chance. Uh, you know, with Bioware, what Bioware is doing. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And well, you know, you guys, you speak of chances too. And there's been a few titles, a uh, few, you know, highly touted titles that have come and gone that they were, they came out too early. They had similar issues. You look at No Man's Sky, for example, and it just, it didn't work. It had, it was glitchy. It was missing content and just a, a whole boatload of issues. And they did the same thing. They went on like a media silence for, let's say, six to eight months. And they that said, hey, hiding, Manny. <laughs> yeah, well, oh, no, that dude, he straight right. up admitted that sometimes silence is being better than trying to stand in front of the barrage that awaits you from both the media and the fans. But they turned things around. They had a, you know, they had a slew of updates, including like a big next update that did significantly well for them. But and the game has, yeah, it's turned itself around, and it, there's a you lot more what? positivity about it. But only so many games have that chance and that window to do so. Yeah. So there was a couple. When you look at the aesthetics of both Anthem and No Man's Sky. No Man's Sky had a... You can see the ambition in, in the product. And the same thing with Anthem. And I think that's what is giving these these games a second wind. No Man's Sky, you've seen the potential. When I, I played No Man's Sky early on, and you've seen the potential that this game had uh, in the gameplay loop and, and some of the things that you can do with the entire universe of, of uh, both Anthem and No Man's Sky. And it's again, like you said, it's very rare for these games to get uh, a second wind like these games have. But I think when you have a good a gameplay mechanic like Anthem has, and you have you're you're an ambitious title like No Man's Sky was, I think it gives um, it gives these these uh, these games a second wind, and then, and that's why you see it with Anthem. Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, they're lucky. I mean, they do have to, Bioware does have to fix this. They have a really, they have this core group of fans that, you know, they love their, their Mass Effect Andromeda, well, their Mass Effect series. It's unfortunate what happened with Andromeda. But you look at, they have a 
new Dragon Age title in the works, and they have a lot of expectations. And then you look at again what happened with Andromeda, what happened with Anthem. There's a lot riding here, so I guess they felt like they had to go back to the drawing board in order to, I guess, reel in this, these fans again for their upcoming project. Is it even worth it? I mean, are people still playing? Uh, Anthem? Yeah, yeah. There's there's a small amount of people. It still has like its core players playing the game, and there's still an audience for it, but uh, it's shortening up quick here. There's still a major amount of people out there, though, that do own the title, both digitally and physically. And yeah. if they have a relaunch of the game, I know there's going to be enough community curiosity yeah. to want to check it out. Which is weird because these same people just went apeshit on social media, you know, regarding the the game. Mm-hmm. But can you really blame them? I mean, so, like the way that the game launched even even months afterwards like it was unplayable in certain instances and just the, the content <laughs> itself like don't get me wrong if you enjoy the game like that's totally fine uh it's just you know it just it, there was a lot left to be desired with anthem and i i definitely want to see it come back to life it, it's an ip that you see the potential there and there's so mm-hmm. much more that they could do with it, especially like a studio like Bioware. There's so much talent there. There's so much history, and they could definitely breathe new life into it. And I hope Casey Hudson, you know, they have something planned that can really breathe new life into this game because, like you said, there's millions of copies sitting there, whether digitally or physically, that you know EA knows that hey, you know what, we need to fire this player base up because there's just like a lot of untapped potential there. Right, when so. when Hudson said what keeps us going is the support from players like you, no, sorry, sorry, Casey, but dude, you your feet were to the fire and to the grill for, you know, how long was it? Has it been a year? A year or basically since it launched. Year, basically, yeah. your feet was to the fire and you were doing the right thing, and you took a lot of heat, and now you got to live with those results and and try to resurrect what should have been uh again i'm sorry but you rarely get set third chances in this industry and if you screw up uh whether it's the next mass effect uh or other any other bioware game you're finished sorry what do you what would you guys prefer a, a, a much better mass effect or anthem if you had to choose one or the other well, of course, oh, Mass Effect. Mass mm-hmm. Effect, yeah. Now, here's my question on have you guys seen or heard of a game that is going to receive the overhaul that Anthem <clears throat> is potentially looking at receiving? We know No Man's Sky got an update and had content added mm-hmm. to it, but we're talking overhaul. overhaul. Oh, Anthem needs an overhaul. It needs programming fixes. It's got bugs. It's got loading issues. The game needs a full-blown rework, and I'm trying to think of a game that requires mm. that much that, that much happened in history. Wasn't there a Final uh, Fantasy game that had to be basically redone because it was just so bad, and they had to go back to the drawing board with it? I think it was called a, a Realm Reborn or something. If I'm not mistaken, oh, I don't remember. Final Fantasy. Yeah. I'm- if I remember correctly, I think Diablo, one of the Diablo games was in really, really bad shape. 
Oh, you mean the Diablo uh, mobile game? No, I'm playing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else? Um, uh, you can maybe Destiny. Uh, Destiny was in pretty bad shape when, but again, mm-hmm. that game for them it was, was a content update. Anthem, though. It was well, yeah, for De- Destiny, it's a, it's a content. That's, a, that's a lot of still... games that we're talking about have yeah. been fixed with a content update. I'm talking full blown. Hey, we have to go in and. You know, the the game could look totally different by the time they're done. Yeah, you're talking about an overhaul. Yeah, How much is it going to cost, though? I mean, so now is this going to be like some paid overhaul? I mean, is it going to be? Yes. Well, I, some of that money, some of that money is generated from their in-game uh, currency that they currently sell inside the game. Some of that money, that's what. See, that's what microtransactions do for a game, where uh, it gives it a little bit more flexibility. And FIFA, there's such a, a, a ca- cash cow is FIFA. EA has FIFA. Some of that money's being pulled from FIFA, no doubt. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, to get some of these, to get Anthem up and rolling. Um, I, I so, will say the Anthem rework will probably go down as one of the biggest game patches we have ever seen. Without yeah. a doubt, yeah, yeah. I think I think when you when you're gonna download it again, it's gonna be a complete rework, uh, just a complete download in general. I think well, you're I, right. I, I don't there's see one game I could. I there's one keep... game I know they did a rework on, and that was Sea of Thieves. And when they did the rework, they made you re-download the game again from scratch. And but because of the rework, the game was actually less in size. Don't even get me started on Sea of Thieves. To me, that was in a worse condition than Anthem was. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Don't get me started on Sea of Thieves. I love to start to defend this, but did I think... You Jeremy can't even okay. defend You can't Jeremy's defend it. Well, I, I can definitely <laughs> say I didn't have any of the sharks or skeletons glitch out to where they were infinitely spawning from location, and you could just sit there and farm xp like no like there was no tomorrow <laughs> um, yeah you're right you just didn't join in a game and <laughs> and also i didn't have to worry about anthem cooking i mean not anthem uh sea of thieves cooking my console yeah that was oh yeah i don't think i don't think that was a uh that was a very one in, one in between yeah i don't know yeah, no. <laughs> see these uh, disaster. Stop it. Uh, see these. We need to get you back need on to that. Play with good friends, Downer. We no, need to get back I played. On that. You know what? Just drink we'll your get, glass we'll of green play. Kool-Aid and join us on Listen, Sea of Thieves. No. I promise I'll stay awake. We can play these either no. edge and, and do me show. a favor. No, we do can me play a favor. Age after the show, or we'll do Sea of Thieves, man. Whatever you do, do not play Sea of Thieves with Tim. Right. He is the worst <laughs> fucking Sea of Thieves player, probably in the history of Sea of Thieves. And we're talking. Tell us how you really feel. I have to say oh the best person God. I ever played with was Ran uh, back in the day. We were playing with Phil, and he knew where every damn chest was. Like, he would look at the map and know exactly where to go, where I can't not figure out the damn treasure map. Yeah. If it was if the lines were on the ground, I probably still couldn't figure out where the hell the treasure is, man. Like, I just get confused. I get lost in my own house, so there you go. <laughs> A big we, house. we definitely got to get on Sea of Thieves at some point. I know we keep talking yeah, about right. it, but... Ah, too bad. (laughs) 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 All right. Uh, Anything else to add to that, guys? Or yeah, uh, yeah. See if these sucks. You know, if we ever play see if these with Downer, something tells me he's going to end up in the brig. Has anybody seen Downer? Yeah, he's down below. 
He's got my vote on that one. <laughs> no, I've actually been I've actually been thrown in the brig a couple times because I was just actually tra- I was trashing the game while I was playing. Downer's trashing today's game so hard. I'm actually gonna put him in the brig and then I'm gonna sink That's the how ship you with him down there. the boat. Is that like you know, some people will take a bottle of champagne and hit the bow across. No, you you christen every time we go out to sea, we have to put him in the brig first and then that's how you know we start the uh, game that way. I got to dibs be- on throwing up on him first. <laughs> and you know what? I-, I think I'm famous at rare. Just I think they have my picture and they throw darts at the picture <laughs> because I when it when CFD was released, I destroyed the game. I made an example of them on social media, and they deserve every minute of it. It's a great game. <laughs> it's a great game. It's a great experience. Oh my! I wish. God, I wished. Go. I wish that I had more time to play. My mm-hmm. son absolutely loves this game. Yeah, it's such and, a good experience. Uh, you again, you fall asleep I mean, during the entire was, experience. Sorry, with those long work hours, man. I hear you. It was. It was. It was. It was bad. And it's not the first time, too. And I'll, I'll tell you, if Downer ever plays Sea of Thieves with me, I will change his opinion. No, I've I've played a lot of hours in Sea. You can't. I mean. I mean, you've read my my little blog thing. Yeah, I, I read your article. Yeah. Trash. <laughs> Damn your opinion. I felt like I needed. I, I felt like I needed a stiff drink after I read Downer's article. Like, wow, that was. Man, I like Sea of Thieves. I've I've bought two copies. Uh, I think you're the only one. Uh, no, actually, check this out. So I bought the physical copy day one. Um, yeah, so I am a day one adopter of Sea of Thieves physical, yeah. and then I ended up buying it digital so that way me and my wife could game share it. Yeah, nice. You got you guys got duped too. You're like, okay, we're releasing the game on this date, but the following year. We're going to release the real game. This is going to be the real Sea of Thieves. Come on, guys. You guys got fooled. You guys got fooled. See, for uh, me, I, fact, I wanted fact, to support a developer that I have been playing their games since I was old enough to uh, hold a Nintendo 64 controller. And I at least wanted to uh, support an idea that came out of uh, yeah. those who have actually kind of led the way for some of the greatest platform game platform games you've ever played. You know yeah, what? I, under- I understand you bought a sixty dollar beta. It's fine. <laughs> you know what? I agree. I do agree with you on that, like nostalgia factor, Centurion. Because I I bought it day one too. Uh, I did get it on a bit of a sale though. I'll admit through Amazon, but uh, Rare is a much different place now than where it was like years upon years ago. Like the games that we remember, and I love supporting Rare, but at the same time, it's just it. Rare is in a different place right now, too. A bad. Oh yeah, definitely. No, I I definitely would agree. (laughs) Um, Will not let up. No, I I definitely would agree, but um, Mm -hmm. I definitely wanted to at least support a title that Microsoft uh, believed in. Phil Spencer believed in a beta. You mean to say beta? Thieves is a gorgeous game. It's a wonderful. You know, you get that wonderful sense of adventure. Oh, it okay. sounds good. Yeah. It looks good. It's yeah. fun. Wonderful sense of adventure. Great streaming uh, game. Killing you know, pigs and chickens. Okay. And, all right. You get pet, you have a pet now, Jerry. But uh... you could definitely use you could definitely use uh, Sea of Thieves as a great example, though, of how to do games as a service. Um, you know, it could have launched better, yes, but they also didn't just leave it behind. They consistently added content. They didn't charge people for that content. 
Um, they've taken community input on the con the content that they've created. Sea of Thieves is a total different game from when it was first launched compared to when it was first created in the beta. I know there was things in the beta that weren't there during the launch, and they're still not there. I've heard there's like fish and dolphins that were supposed to be in the ocean. Yeah. Um, yeah. But for the most part, though, I've seen certain games that come out for $60 that should have been a beta and were not maintained on the, on the scale or level that Sea of Thieves has received. Did you so, no? Did see, you guys there, see that new chest they got? That you, you, I guess you have to keep throwing water on it. If not, it explodes or sets your entire boat on fire. Have you guys seen that? Yeah, I've seen that. It was that, I've seen that. that's so awesome to me, man. And you could actually use it as a weapon just to kind of take out everybody else. Like you know, you could actually take that to the opposing team's boat if you're being attacked, and just kind of. I love what they do with that damn game, man. I can't get enough of the new things that they're adding to it. Unfortunately, again, I don't play it, but. I love it. <laughs> Figure it out, you know. Uh, but I do. I do love the game. Just shut up. Uh, nobody <laughs> else plays it too. You go down your friends list. Nobody else plays that fucking game. No, I, I actually, you know people what? on my friends list playing it. You know I don't. what? That's I not have true. like five hundred people on my friend, and not maybe one or two people are playing it. No, I, I I know some people who play it religiously. It is like uh, some people are pretty obsessed. It does have a fan base, so. But uh, you know what, guys? Uh, enough Sea of Thieves. We will definitely have a Sea of Thieves night night one of these uh, evenings. But uh, you know what? We are going to wrap things up for this show. And uh, hey, you know what, guys? A really big thank you to everyone that came out to watch us live. People like Valurian, a fastback from NLG. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, who else did we got here? Stick Figure dropped by. Sticky from Australia. Thanks for dropping by, bud. Starbuck United, Dreadpool, Michael Doonan Jr., I believe that's Stained Zombie, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, that's him. Good stuff. He's a good fella. We played uh, World War Z together. Logic wins, and a whole bunch of other cool people. Yeah. Thanks for what joining us. Dragons? <clears throat> yeah, right, uh, Dragons, Noof Nukem joined uh, Born Distracted. Post up. Thanks for joining Post. We appreciate you coming. Paris was in here. Lots of cool people. Thanks for joining us live. It was uh, definitely a pleasure you having a, uh, for you being in the chat. And as well, uh, to the people that watch us afterwards and on other audio platforms, thank you for tuning in. And if you haven't done so already, then drop a like and share this episode out. If you enjoyed the banter and the content crew, excellent show this evening. Let's get to some of the outros. Centurion, buddy, again, happy birthday to you. People in the chat, give him a round, like a really loud happy birthday in the chat. Where can everybody find you, bud? Well, thank you. You gentlemen are too kind. Um, again, uh, I really appreciate you giving me a happy birthday. It's awesome to actually be sitting here celebrating my birthday with you guys talking about games. Uh, so you guys can find me here every Sunday with you guys right here on TXR. I also do the shop podcast with PTK Blam on Saturdays and the saltiest gaming podcast with saltiest gamer on Thursdays. I can also be found on Twitter, YouTube and Xbox live at Centurion one three Oh seven. Awesome stuff. Awesome stuff. I hope you save some cake for later on. Um, oh yeah. Got cupcakes everywhere. Nice. All right. Well, sh you know, share the wealth, buddy. Uh, let's well, see customs here. even let me send you a cupcake to Canada. 
Mm, maybe you never know. Yeah, you just gotta. <laughs> yeah, it has to be handled correctly though. Mm-hmm. I'll probably get it. There'll be like a few bite marks in it. You watch. Uh, Finger pokes. Make sure I'm not <laughs> shipping you anything. Yeah, good call. Uh, Megatron. Hey, good show, buddy. Uh, love the sound of your new mic. Uh, where can everybody find you? As always, um, you can hit me up on Twitter, Megatron underscore one nine seven five, as well as hit, you can find me on um, Xbox Live, Megatron One's my gamer tag, and even Mixer. You can I've find them asleep. Some, <laughs> I've been doing some streaming lately, so you can uh, hit me up there uh, and uh, add me to that. <laughs> and I do have someone playing Sea of Thieves on my friends list. Oh, so the there one person. All that right. One per- <laughs> I'm not going to say his name, but I'll show you later. That's it. <laughs> All right. And uh, Jeremy, uh, great show, bud. Where can everybody find you? Well, I'll tell you where you can't find me. You won't find me on Sea of Thieves. He's in the brig. He's there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to find some hacker to hack his console to where his he can't play a single game until he does at least one quest in Sea of Thieves every single day. <laughs> oh my god um you can find me on xbox live at downer j uh you can also find me on twitter at lone master who zero seven and that's all she wrote good stuff and of course i'm invader you can find me on my youtube channel invader gaming i've been trying out some new content lately so definitely check that out and of course i'm pretty active on twitter at invader underscore one nine eight six Again, guys, thanks for joining in. It has been a blast, and we will see you next Sunday. Take the Happy up. birthday, Centurion. Happy birthday, Centurion. Thank you, gentlemen. Not so like spotlighted. Happy birthday to you. Oh, God. Happy birthday to you. You look like a monster.